welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast. I am here this afternoon with Jade McCosland. Jade, welcome to the pod. Thank you, James. This is going to be a good, good one. Jade is Senior Marketing Manager at Mervac's Build to Rent, uh, which essentially means she's responsible for Mervac Live. And this episode, it's kind of an interesting one. We had a, a listener to the pod back end of last year request that we do a deep dive on the pod on a, a basically a successful campaign that we've run basically from ideation, strategy, implementation, and results. The Live Mervac campaign and Jade would be a really, really interesting one for listeners. It's it's probably the most accoladed campaign that Rocket has ever run as an as an agency, which is which is cool. And um recently at the 2023 APAC Search Awards at one best use of social media in a search campaign. At the last two years, it's one best online marketing campaign in real estate at the SEMrush Awards, best use of data, APAC Search Awards. I'm not going to list them all, but there's kind of four or five different digital awards that it's won. It was a finalist in the BNT Awards for best digital campaign last year. It's been really successful, I think, from a, a rocket perspective. I think it's been really successful from a commercial perspective for yourself, Jade and Mervac. I think it's an interesting one because it it's involved a bunch of different agency partners that you've brought in, balancing it with in-house kind of capability. And I think it's also another interesting one because it's it's basically... We run the whole gamut from 2019, it was an idea, through to we're in 2023 and we've got lots of successes we can talk about in the real world. But I think first of all, just for the listeners that aren't familiar, what is Build to Rent um, and what is Live? Traditionally, what happens is a build to sell market and that's when the developer builds an apartment building and sells it off individually to individual buyers and those buyers might live in it as an owner-occupier or invest and rent that out. Build to rent is where the developer constructs and builds a building but keeps it and rents it out. So everybody in that building is a renter and they plan to hold onto that asset as the operator for 30 years. And that's simply put what that is. Live is the brand that Mervac launched in 2020. It's sort of similar to, say, a Qantas and a Jetstar kind of brand relationship. Live is not budget, it's <laughs> Live is more young, youthful brand that's designed to, to appeal to a whole different new audience and Mervac is the stamp of safety, if you like, because you don't want to be entering into like a whole new category of housing with some shoddy builder you've never heard of. Yeah. So that's sort of the relationship between Live and Mervac. And it's a huge, I think the, it's a huge category overseas, right? Like in America, it's ginormous. Yep. It's Yep, second biggest asset class in America it's been 30 plus years over there it's been I think 10 years or longer in the UK those countries have had similar cultural narratives around housing and home ownership but they've just had a lot longer to get to the place we get we've got to now with home ownership yeah so let's let's go I guess let's jump into 2020 or 2019 you were brought in by Mervac to kind of I guess spearhead the launch of yep. Live. So, yeah, like what, what were you engaged to do? What was the brief? Um, what did success yep. look like? Mervac, and I think it's important to understand, right, with the launching that Mervac was the first to decide to do this and everybody in the industry of, of property in Australia said it will never work. Our CEO, Sue Lloyd Hurwitz, would always talk about this story about it would never work. So what, 
what she was like, no, this is part of the solution. We've got a massive problem going on in housing. People can't afford their homes. We need to do this. So they disrupted themselves because they're really attacking a lot of part of their business, their traditional business space of built to sell. So they brought me in in 2019 and said, right, we're just going to launch this. I had a look at everything that they'd done today, but the, the brand already had been developed and there were some, you know, light web pages and stuff, but they really talked a lot about the mission around revolutionising rent. But when you married that mission up against everything that was sort of developed so far, it fell into that property convention. So what I did was I came in and I said, right, I can launch this brand and we can talk to the same cues and features that we all know, like architecturally designed building and convenient locations, or we can stop for a second and go, if we truly want to revolutionise, we can't use familiar language. We can't use the stuff everybody knows. And we also can't just do that traditional um, role of selling product because consumers don't care about product. Consumers now have moved on and they resonate with brands with purpose, with relevance to their life. No one cares about an architecturally designed building because really, or there are some, I should say, mm-hmm. less and less though. They care about um, security. If they care about having community and they care about, you know, having somewhere to call home. We needed to really, I said, let's take a moment, stop, and let's understand the culture of what we're, we're actually entering here broadly in Australia, not just sell a property. So we did a six-week cultural analysis with Cantar Consulting, one of the biggest global insights businesses, to really understand what is the value proposition, what is our emotional benefit that we're going to sell, and what is our purpose here, because we need to be really clear. So we did that, and it was a very quick analysis just to get us up and running to talk to a macro renters audience. So that was 2019 leading into a launch for July 2020 of our first property in Sydney. Could we kind of go into the, the phases of the campaign, right? So in terms of, mm. and I think you do do, have done a really good job of kind of taking that step back before you kind of look forward. And I think that is something which most listeners to the pod kind of struggle with that or grapple with it, where it's kind of, you're either in an environment where it's like, no, we need Robert to hit the road and we need to have campaigns in market and we need tactics firing. It can be very difficult to say no, like before we move forward, we're going to get a much better long-term outcome if we take, take yeah. that step back. But so I'd be, I'd be interested. So you kind of, you've managed to get buy-in to do that piece of work with Kantar. Um, yes. And I'm trying to hard not to kind of say what happens next because <laughs> I remember being in some of those early sessions. Yes. But, so um, we've got a, a stronger idea now of sentiment and what it, Yeah, so what we've sort of the world we're trying to enter into and what we ended up realising is that if we we could just go to market with um, this idea of better renting because let's face it, that's an easy win. The renting experience at best, I would say, is inconsistent. At worst, it's pretty shitty. So it's an easy win to start attacking that. And also you could easily attack landlords because there are so many, um, or real estate agents, it's so easy to do because renters aren't treated with experience at the core of of that transaction. It is just transactional, right? So the phases were like, what are we in the business of? We're in the business of life. We're not in the business of renting. What do people really want from us is really... What, what is built to rent actually as a category doing? It's, it's creating a platform for people to live the lives that are, you know, right for them, not right for the other person. 
And then it's sort of what experience proof points do we need to build on that? So we, we build our whole launch campaign around this idea of we've got a value proposition, a way to live built around you. And then we've got experience proof points. So that was the brand and education around the category was that way to live built around you. And then the, and then the living experience was all around simplicity, around security, no bonds, having you know, maintenance on site, making life easier. Connection was all about promoting the benefits of community. And it's pretty funny when you have a whole building of everybody being renters, it naturally creates a bit more democracy that you don't have in a normal mm. traditional building of, you know, the hierarchy of an owner versus a renter. Yeah. So you get people more willing to sort of speak to each other. Yep. And then the last one was flexibility, and that's like personalising your home to be yours. So we went to market with this very high-level macro view. We have a brand and a category we, we need to launch and, and educate people on. And then we've got this property out at Sydney Olympic Park, it's our first property, where the experience is unlike anything you've seen in renting before. So that really was the two phases. of like awareness, lead gen, conversion. Yeah. And the actual property itself that... Sydney Olympic Park is like I think it's really interesting what you said about kind of having that those two tiers almost in a, in a typical apartment block if you've got renters yeah. and owners yeah. the, but the actual building itself are designed to have that community angle in terms of the shared spaces and True, yeah. kind of deliver on that that's right and so what they do in and this isn't necessarily on all buildings but it is a bit of a, a, a philosophy or principle in built to rent is take that top level out of the penthouse, which is usually reserved for the highest bidder, and let everybody have access to the, the best view in the building. Yeah. And so that's where you'll find a large amount of amenity, shared common amenity for the whole community to come and, and use or book. So that is a product, what happens. But fundamentally, because we didn't lead with come and live at Sydney Olympic Park where there's a cinema room, there's a Pilates studio, there's a gym, there's co-working, there's bars and stuff. Because we didn't do that and we led with a, it's time to expect more out of life and this is home now, like this is a new way to do things, brand and emotion. We had 10,000 inquiries come into that building and it's not because they wanted to live at Sydney Olympic Park. Yeah, but that's because, it, right? It's amazing. Yeah, we led with, this is what's missing right now in the market. And this is a brand. The brand was a tone of voice, which was cheeky and funny as well. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't It was that typical, I guess, brand archetype of a, a bank or an insurance company being the ruler of we'll save you. Yeah. We know the best for you. It was like, just come and make it yours. Yeah. Bring your pets. We don't want to charge a bond because that's just not fair. Yeah. And it is. So it's kind of tapping it. Like it's just friction, isn't it? Like the the the, the the before state, the old state, is friction everywhere, which is filling out forms online and not being responded to. It's lining up and having 50 yep. other people rocking up to a rental. It's being feeling like you're being treated like crap because you're a renter. It's And the power dynamics all out, right? Yeah. Because you're giving over 30% on average of your income in rent. No, Nobody other than a bank takes that much from a consumer. Yeah. And then to be treated with this like, yeah, and we're not going to fix stuff when you need it. And we're also going to charge you four weeks bond because we don't trust you. We'll say no to everything that you 
ask for because it's not in the interest of our owner. Yeah. Oh, and we we need you to move in six months because the owner wants to sell the property. Yeah. So it just takes all of that to go because ultimately humans want security. I just want to, you know, have the knowledge and constant sort of the certainty of where I'm going to live is a big one. Once you have that security, you have the time and the motivation to get to know people around you because who could be bothered if you're moving in six months' time to get to know the neighbours? We're so busy now. That's a lot of effort. So you start to see people go, I'll open up and start to build connections, community. And because of that belonging, we get to feel more confident in self-esteem and we get to sort of, you know, build our homes to be a bit more for us. So we, you know, I live with painting the walls or bringing your pets, yeah. making it feel like yours as opposed to that. No, you can't do that. You can't do this. Yeah. Can we bring it now to the actual go-to-market? Like, how did you do it? Like, how did, what was the yep. approach to, okay, let's take a step back. Let's actually look at, rather than yep. selling um, features, let's actually look at, the benefits yep. to people's actual lives and what we're yep. kind of where is the mentality of the personas and target market what was the actual go-to-market strategy to get that message out there um and i think it'd be also interesting then just to talk a little bit about how covid kind of impacted that as well mm. so the, the go-to-market really had three phases or three objectives it was Overall, it was like we have to create and lead a new category of housing, third a category of housing no one's ever heard of, is a complete opposite to what we've been told that we should want. Yeah. So it's the Australian dream of owning, owning the your great place, Australian right? dream. It's all this. So the point of it was we had to really set the tone to go right. We need to educate people first. So we did this explainer um, animation. Really did explain this is the world we live in here are all the limitations to it, surely there's a better way. So we went out to market with that. That was then followed by a live brand. So if you think about the first one as like the category, and then the next one was the live brand. And we sort of took that again, a bit of a pension point to go, renting's all about, is characterized by limitations. Live is about, you should expect more. And we talk about expect more simplicity, connection and flexibility and have a real big brand piece around it. this is so much more than renting. And then the third part was then really generating interest in the building itself to, I guess, bookend, here's the big ideas and concepts. What does it tangibly mean? What does it look like? Here are all some of the reasons to believe all these other big brand ideas and, and concepts. So we did a big lead gen push right when we were opening the building. We are still running all of those now because... The job is a big one when you're educating people on this third category of housing that yeah. they've never heard of and really don't understand. And the actual channels that you went to is kind of a mix of online, offline, um, with probably a yeah, more of a weighting towards yeah, yeah, online, yeah. I think, which is probably an interesting part of it. We did big, um, big format billboards offline. We also did some Spotify ads, but it's the ultimately we found looking at all those channels and YouTube and best channel that really got that reach, but also conversion um, was Facebook, which everybody says Facebook's dead, but then you see all this volume of, of interest coming through mm. and weirdly, and I mean, this isn't totally relevant for this James, but the best performing ad, I don't know if you remember it or if you've seen it in some of the post analysis, <laughs> it's like, 
this picture of two old people yeah. at a communal, it was a stock imagery communal dinner and it was like ex- expect more big nights in. <laughs> <laughs> communal areas to really get to know one another. But it had all this sort of the flexibility of renting with the security of ownership messaging comes through uh, peppered with community and we feel like that because of those three things, it talked to everything quite succinctly and yeah. that drove so much volume. And it's been an interesting one because I think when we initially worked on the go-to-market strategy, it probably was more localised towards the area than we than where it has ended yeah. up being. Like it was kind of let's start really Sydney Olympic Park and then let's broaden from there. Um, That's right. Because we, those... we, we all thought yeah, no one's going to want to come from the city it was all about maybe we it will appeal to people who live further out west wanting to come in yeah and so you remember we ended up we started with a very sort of certain specific radius and ended up opening it to the whole of sydney because we had people coming in from mossman bondi cronulla volcluse like all these blue ribbon areas yeah. into this geographic epicenter of sydney which i think is like testament to regardless of what industry you're in as a marketer taking that step back what are we you know what are we trying to achieve here what what is the friction that we are removing yeah is that what business are we in that's it and because i think if you had just set up a quasi rental model here's a apartment block in sydney olympic park no one's coming from people the only people going there are people that are interested in renting in sydney olympic park location location right which is property 101 it's yeah it's it's kind of location 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 right um but because all that work was done to actually understand who are we trying to move and what do they actually care about it kind of um yeah interesting and the hierarchy switched location number one when the experience is all pretty substandard so you're going to go, okay, well, I'll, I'll just choose where I live and, and I'll take the benefit of that because I know my experience is going to be haphazard. Yeah. This was like talked up the experience. So I think the point of what I was trying to get to is, is that that's actually what you're selling and most important to people, yeah. not the features. Yeah, that's it. And it is it delivers on that promise, right? Like the actual um, yeah. Indigo, which is the name of the property at Sydney Olympic Park. It's beautiful and it is, it's different than if you walk into... And yep. not, not even a poorly built, but an averagely built apartment yep. block of apartments, right? And in some ways, it, it makes marketing, makes our job easier, right? We were joking before the pod that a bad product just means that good marketing <laughs> allows it to yep. fa- fail faster. But it's kind of the inverse here, right? Which is... Completely. Yeah. And it comes down to the people on site that you hire because we've got a full-time team on site, a community team. And what they talk about often is in a normal apartment block that's got that traditional model, you walk in the door or you drive in the driveway, you get up to the front of your apartment door, you open the door and you go, oh, I'm home. Difference with built to rent is that you're walking into the apartment building or driving in the driveway and you're like, oh, I'm home. Mm. Because people instantly, because the team's on site, they're there, they know your face. You get that kind of social capital from seeing other people. It's really, it's, it's really nice. What, what I wanted to talk about was, because I think one of the benefits of digital and how a lot of our clients one of the benefits they see from what we do is the ability to kind of have digital creative split testing at variance, giving them data and insights to help them more broadly in cross offline marketing, but also just in terms of it's almost mm. like real time feedback from prospects. And 
I think it was six experience pillars, like the idea that you could bring your own pet, you can paint the wall, personalization, security, you're not going to get kicked out in six months, 12 months. I can't remember the other three. I should. <laughs> we'll talk no, no, about- there's only three, but jet, broadly speaking, it was that security, connection, flexibility. Yep. Yeah, but it allowed us to test, right? Like you, you could get insights by what ads people were clicking on. So it'd be interesting just to talk about that, like how you almost were using those initial campaign. It's just data and insights kind of pulling. Yeah, so I think in terms of, I think, assets and I think permutations of images, copy, call to action, I think we ended up like with 1,200 different assets. You're a a nightmare. (laughs) I know. Thank God Rocket doesn't mind. (laughs) But what that was able to do was we put that into the, the, the machine it really came out for Sydney in particular, and we've learned this now because we've launched in Melbourne. Sydney and Melbourne are very different places. Mm. Who would have thought? <laughs> but for Sydney, the things that resonated most was the secure lease. There's a lot of people not feeling secure in their leases. The one I told you about, that kind of community and being around other people, but pets and painting the wall, huge. And there was these themes because we tried, I mean, no bonds gets a lot of clicks, but it's very feature. Mm. It's just right it gets a bit of cut through who would have heard of a bloody rental that doesn't charge a bond yeah but it really is those sort of pillars of i want us somewhere to call home and i want to be able to bring my pets especially in sydney you just there's no it's not heard of Mm. and i think 40 percent of people out in indio have uh, a pet that's interesting and has that kind of changed because i know that the kind of sydney i guess these things never finish right you've always got a kind of residual yeah, so this is our baseline, right? So now we kind of, we've done a whole heap of work to really deepen our understanding of not just renters, but all Australia and, and on a mindset level, 7% of renters are under the age of 40. It's like, yeah, but everyone's going to be there because we're in a situation that is not sustainable with this sort of housing shortage. We did this a huge amount of work on really segmenting the market in terms of how they live, build on that baseline of security and and how we evolve because it is never gonna it's we've set the we've set the benchmark and what we've seen is a lot of other operators are copying everything we're doing now. Yeah. You know, when we went to Melbourne, we've got a whole three other campaigns with another twelve hundred assets, I'm sure. <laughs> that has given us even more learnings around where, I guess, the driving forces to people. It comes through all of that test and learn, rationalise where we can, pump the, the prominent ones and then continue to evolve. Yeah. Because and as a business, where are we at at the moment? Sydney Olympic Park Indigo basically mm. got, got itself up to, is it stabilisation? The... Yep, stabilisation. So that's um, 97%. Yeah. with your natural churn and then just moved into Melbourne end of last year. That's nearly half leased yep. in a very short period of time. That's a combination of fantastic marketing. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't say this as myself. And the market dynamics of high interest rates, international students coming back. But again, 90% of our leads are coming through our website. Yeah. It's it's not through domain and REA where people are just looking to rent. And that's why it's been such an interesting campaign, and I, and I would say this, but it was kind of launched kind of through that first COVID period. There probably was more budget earmarked to 
some offline activity and I'm not just shilling for digital here, but it was, we now need to reach people, but probably yep. dialing up digital, Facebook prospecting, Instagram prospecting, um, yep. Google, GDN, YouTube type, type activity. But I would have presumed that given real estate and domain in most traditional property settings, they are that kind of first yep. interaction. The entirely the um, first interaction. And weeks, like I, I remember us looking at, you know, decks in terms of, you know, what we could be doing in there as well, would have fully presumed that it still would have played a really significant role in percentage-wise. Um, yep. But it just hasn't. Like it's been fascinating to see that it's really been a digital-first kind of approach yep. to, to, to lead gen. Um, maybe that parlays a little bit into my question, but I guess like, biggest everything from it, like biggest surprise from what's happened so far, biggest success. And then I think the biggest failures and learnings. Mm. Uh, the word failure, it's a bit cliche to say it's learning, but what other things that probably haven't worked as you would have expected from the whole yeah. thing? Yeah. It's hard to sort of compartmentalise because they're all so linked together. Launching in uh, a pandemic, not ideal. <laughs> However also ideal at the same time. There's a lot of paradoxes in what we've done. Yeah. A very brief moment in history where they really started questioning how they were living. Yeah. You've got consumers in a mindset where they're going, there's got to be a better way. And then we go, hello, this is live. We believe there's got to be a better way too. Yeah. So you get the benefit of that. I think opening in Sydney Olympic Park, the first of its kind, maybe not the best option but there was no simple solution to this like that was the opportunity to do it so we took it yeah and we didn't think at all like i think honestly pulling in all from across sydney into that one very specific spot in sydney was a big success because it showed case when you talk to consumers about what emotionally matters to them they will they will come Hmm. I think the biggest success was just leading with the brand first because that's mm. really it's it's a hard it's a hard line to as a marketer to push into a lot of businesses, especially in like a traditional property business where the brand doesn't matter, but it's to lead up to a transaction, yeah. not to have a full on brand engagement with. Yeah. So, I think the I'd say that the biggest success and and seeing how many people come to our website have, you know. We're up to nearly 20,000 inquiries across Melbourne and Sydney now. Mm. That just shows that is the only way forward. Mm. And, yeah, sorry. I think that's really really interesting. And I think that is like this is obviously a deep dive into property, a particular segment of property. But I think it's such a practical takeaway for any listener, which is where's the friction in the market? what is you and it's marketing 101 right what do you like what does your target market actually care about how does your solution make their life better and focus on that and i think it is so hard often whether it's because people don't think about it or whether it's because they think about it but other stakeholders in the business won't let them do it to actually yeah. take that step back and to invest in brand building and yeah. um it's it does and marketing has changed so much right marketing has gone from selling products and you think back to 50s advertising and what they, the way that the housewife is there advocating and spruiking a product and how much, you know, yeah. all the features, like it's gone from that into this whole lead with experience. What are you, and, and, and don't always be permanent as you've solved my problem. Just give me some ideas. Like it's just shifted so much into mm. this world 
digital has played such an important role in being able to understand and test all these different um, messages that relate to that big issue. I think the thing I would say most is digital's too too double sided, uh, double sword. What is it? Double edged sword. <laughs> so what's happened is back in the old days, you it had cost you a lot to put advertising out in the market. So you wanted to get your stuff right. Yeah. Digital kind of made that so a lot of crap got sent out. Yeah. And now I think we're coming through to go, well, we know you don't actually lead with something that's got insight behind it and emotional benefit. Yeah. It's just not digital's great at getting to people. It's still you have to do it well to get your conversion through it. Yeah. I think that's really good. I couldn't agree more on that. I think like that kind of mirrors because I guess yeah, we didn't talk about your experience prior to to working at Live, but I think we come at it marketing from very different viewpoints, right? Like I've come out of this performance digital space, Google ads, SEO, dollar in, dollar out, everything can be measured, split test your ads, let data do everything. Um, And up until probably 10 years ago, that kind of stuff did work. But now it is is this blending together of all the tried and tested um, things that have worked forever and will continue and are important. And, but you've got some benefits and being able to, you know, do a whole bunch of things digitally it's that you couldn't. the best afford. of both worlds, right? Mm. Like, because you can take all that data that you get from all the digital interaction, but if you're building from a human truth, you actually get to understand what resonates more mm. and, and mix it up as opposed to sort of back in the days, like, we've spent 300 grand on an ad. This better be right, the message. Yeah, <laughs> you, you Super Bowl ad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I watched it this year, and there's a couple of ads where I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like so many, so many fantastic ones. And then there was a couple where I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I'd spend yeah. seven mil on that. I'd be happy." Um, what What about learnings? Like, what What would you do differently, or things that you'd kind of go, "Yeah, if I was doing it again, I'd do it differently." Or when we're launching in Brisbane, or wherever the next mm. you know, one after that is, what 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 you would do differently? Um, I do nothing differently because I've learned from everything we've done in the sense of can't do anything differently because it's so new. Mm. I think such a good question because there are so many learnings just on a practical sense around how people interact with brands and I don't have a good answer, unfortunately, because I feel like everything, some things work and some things don't. Like in Melbourne, the culture down there is all pet friendly. So we just made assumptions that Sydney would be like Melbourne on our creative on yep. some level. I think the things that we could do differently is making sure that there's always that local nuance whenever you are appearing in a, as a brand. Yeah. You need to, it's not, you, you've got a national presence, but you just want to make sure that you're not trying to be the same everywhere. Yeah. It's got to have differences to local areas because we care more now than ever about our local our localness. Yeah. I don't know if it's learning the question. And I'm not saying this because you're rocket, but whether or not, like, I don't understand what the channel mix does anymore. So we had large format billboards. We're doing a bit of BVOD, but then I just see such huge results coming from certain channels and in our reach of message. I, I think the learning is, how do different channels work with each other? So I haven't figured that part out yet either. Yeah. It's all the digital ones, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> they pay back a lot quicker. But I think it is like it's a um it's a good case study in picking the channels that you think are most likely to reach the people you want to reach in an, in an effective way. 
but then not being afraid to move that mix around based on what is actually working. And, um, yep. and you've also done the right thing in terms of having a good amount of budget allocated to brand, which you view in a very different way to then the bottom of the funnel lead gen budget, which is then scrutinized in a different way. Um, yep. so I think it is, there's a lot. And one there. learning, I think that's a positive, just when you were talking there is that again, it is, we've done this from a brand first perspective when we've spent and that has such a positive effect on the conversion versus if we had sort of split it into that brand, yeah. you get such efficiency and effectiveness in what you're doing in those channels through yeah. doing it that way. Because then, you know, Facebook, we can hit people with a story. And we, across all of our clients, the most diverse range of industries, the clients that are investing properly in brand, whether that's online or offline, consistently outperform those that don't it's just as simple as that and it's kind of that probably goes back to that original kind of thing you mentioned around um digital marketing and back in the day we used to look kind of down our nose at brand marketers and go you know they're just hiding behind these metrics that (laughs) that don't exist and you know give us the budget and let us drive performance but that's just not how it works anymore and you do need kind of both Yep. Both hands kind of working in synergy. I'm going to ask you the last question, Jade, which is the question I ask of everyone that appears on the pod. Um, What's the best piece of career advice that you would give to a marketer? So the best piece of advice, I think, from personal experience is as a marketer, market something you're passionate about because it comes through in, it just comes through in everything you do when you, you passionate about it and I think it's maybe a bit cliche because everybody says that but it is I I was marketing Smith's potato chips and as fun as that was and the 10 kilos I I also gained whilst working for PepsiCo and selling chips you it it becomes tedious because you're like oh do I really feel good about sort of getting more people to eat fatty food and the fulfillment and satisfaction around um, working something you're passionate about is the most important part to making that dream of work doesn't feel like work. Hmm. It feels like something that's added to your life. So I think more so than ever in marketing, that's that's really relevant to, to all marketers. I think it's a good, really good point. That's a great point. I think, yeah, as it relates to marketing, I think probably like, in, like almost outside of as well, right? Like if you genuinely believe in the purpose of the business and believe yeah. the product or service is doing good like it's just so like and that can mean so, such different things to different people right it so. can and in marketing though in particular though it means that you can push people a little bit further to do the right thing not just the easiest thing yeah and i think that's my marketing's responsibility is to do it right don't just do it quick yeah that's good i love that as a piece of advice i'm not sure we've had that one yet it's good that'll make the uh, the compilation for the end of 2023 Best advice to marketers. Nice one, Jade. Well, thanks for coming onto the pod. No, thank you. I always enjoy talking about um, this stuff because I am passionate about it and I love it. So thanks for having me. Legend. Thank you, Jade. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.